and I'm all yours. Not for the money and it's not for the applause. Uh, no. Uh, let's put the noise please. Sex, sex, Hello and welcome to the Juicy Deets NFL Podcast. I am Alex Jensen. With me as always, I've got Zach Dietz. As a tradition, I'll ignore how he's doing. No, I'm kidding. How are you doing today, Zach? I'm doing good, man. Just chilling. You know, day off. Um, yeah, just shucking and vibing over here. New York. It's kind of a <laughs> crappy day out, but... It is what it is. Excited to dive into week eight. I can't believe it's week eight already. Uh, yeah, it's gone by quick. And it's weird that that is not the direct midpoint in the season. So used to that. Next week this year. So that's kind of strange. But also crappy day in Seattle, as is tradition this time of year over here. But I'm excited to talk some football. And we're starting off strong this week. I'm not going to lie. I'll touch on, we did pretty good last week. Combined for exactly 500 on the podcast. Zach actually pulled out a game ahead of me over here. Separator was that uh, Atlanta-Miami game where uh, I I felt like Atlanta mismanaged it pretty late in the game. That late fumble cost me, and uh, Zach pulled ahead of me on that one. Finishing uh, one game over 500. I was 500 on the dot. We did have the one split as well. But overall, decent week. I think uh, Zach, round into form. I think, uh, what, three of the last four weeks been 500 or better now? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, week five. I uh, actually no, week five. I w- we were both tied, fifteen, sixteen, and one. But yeah, pretty okay. much I've been going like straight five hundred. I went fourteen and fourteen week six, and last week uh, I got one thirteen, twelve, and one. So let's go. There was that one week where you did pretty well too. I remember uh, whatever the week the Giants Giants won that week too. The fourteen. There's uh, week four. Yeah. So if you if you go over five hundred on the picks, Giants are winning this week. That's that's the rule. I guess. I get. Yeah, we'll go. So I mean, this probably not going to be a good week for me if we go. So it's it's on you. It's on you right now. I don't know. This Chiefs team. We'll get into it later. We'll get into the Monday night game later. But uh, yeah, it's fun. Uh, You got a chance. I I counted up. I think unless we switch things around, you got eleven chances to make up games on me. So. You could actually pull ahead of me this week if it all breaks your way. So, a lot, a lot of weight on it. your shoulders here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but we're starting off strong this week. Uh, man, there's been a couple kind of ho-hum Thursday night games. This is not one of them. Packers at the Cardinals. Cardinals favored by six and a half at home. The last undefeated team. Zach, I'll let you get into it first. How are you feeling about this game? Um, I mean, it's kind of cool, kind of lame that the best game of the week by far is on Thursday night. Um, I, I guess that's kind of cool. I mean, you know, prime time, maybe not Sunday night, maybe not Monday night, but still uh, pretty cool nonetheless after dealing with that awful game last week. Should have a good one today. Um, I've seen this line at five and a half before. I know we're doing it at six and a half. I'm taking the Packers. Um, I'm not sure who wins this game outright. I'm if gun to my head, I would probably take the Cardinals, but still, you know, Aaron Rodgers, people are going to be looking at this game and being like, oh, Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard on the COVID list. Like, I'm not a fan really of anything else they have in that receiving core. I mean, Robert Tanyan's solid. I've never really been a big Valdez Scantling fan. 
Equinemius St. Brown maybe get some run, and Randall Cobb looks washed. I mean, this could be a game that is like sneakily heavy reliant on the running game. But regardless, when you have Aaron Rodgers, you always have a good chance to win. And, you know, the Packers trying to hand Arizona the first L. I think they're going to play, you know, a lot of guys getting opportunities given all the injuries and the uh, COVID protocols. So I think it's a close game regardless. Like I said, I'd probably pick the Cardinals to win outright, but going to take the Packers here. The over-under in this game is 50. Feels a little low, and I know 50 is a pretty high over-under. Like, that's kind of like the barometer I use by, oh, yeah, this is going to be like a high-scoring game. But I'm still going to take the over on it. Uh, I think both teams have high-powered passing attacks. are going to be able to put points on the board. One thing that I really do like about the way um, Arizona has operated this year is just making use of all their weapons. Like, James Conner and Chase Edmonds, like, that's been a really good backfield. And plus, you have... Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk playing well, Rondell Moore and his limited snaps playing well, and even A.J. Green having a minor resurgence. So definitely think points are going to be put on the board in this game. I'm going to take the over here. Yeah, um, I started off exactly in lockstep with you, and I think the line actually opened up. When it first opened up, it was Cardinals by three and a half. So uh, the news that Devontae Adams is out is going to be a three-point swing, which feels heavy for a wide receiver. I know he is about 50% of their offense, but that's a heavy swing for a wide receiver. That being said, man, there's just a lot of people out with COVID right now on that team. The Cardinals, pretty healthy. I think J.J. Watt is out for the year, if I remember correctly, which is – that's a big loss. That is a big loss. No way around that. I'd kind of circled this game all year as, okay – like, no way the Cardinals win this one. I love the matchup from a head coach perspective for the Packers. That being said, Joe Barry not going to be able to be at the game. Top three wide receiver potentially out. I think MVS is questionable for the game. Uh, I believe Jason Myers still out. A lot of health issues on that offensive line. Uh, still no Jair Alexander, which is huge in a matchup like this. I, I got to lean Cardinals, man. I, I got to switch that way. I don't feel great about it. Because I believe the Packers with uh, out Devontae Adams in the lineup over the last two years are 5-0. and So you, they've actually done pretty well without him. And that's worth noting. I'm a big, big fan of LaFleur as a coach. Also really like Luke Getze over there. Love the coaching staff. Just don't trust the players right now. I don't feel like they're healthy. I feel like this week came at the wrong time for them. If they were healthy, I would take Packers outright, actually. And I'm also switching my over-under. Over-under at 50 in this game feels super reasonable for these two offenses. Like you mentioned, Joe Barry out. You can make a case that could lead to more scoring, but I think it's going to be a run-heavy game, slow on both sides, and I I don't feel great about it going to the over. So I'm switching to the under on this. I'm going to make it exact opposite. Again, chance for Zach to start off way ahead of me this week. A little strong case there. Panthers at the Falcons. Open it up for the Sunday games on the early slate. Falcons favored by three at home, so basically they're saying it's a toss-up plus home field advantage. I got to take the Falcons in this one. I don't feel great about it. I still like the Panthers, but even with Joe Brady there, man, especially with no CMC, still some injuries on the defense, I just I can't pick a Sam Darnold team right now. He has looked so bad the last three weeks. Like, so bad. I don't know that you can overstate how bad he's looked. I think... He's been probably 
Man, maybe worse than Davis Mills. Like, he might have been the worst quarterback in the NFL over the last three weeks. I think he has, too. I think he's been, like, the worst quarterback in the NFL. It's just cratering a good coach team with good players all across the board and good scheme. Cratering them because you just can't win when players playing like that. He's looking a whole lot like Sam Darnold. And Falcons don't have the best defense ever. It's, you know, cover too heavy. You can pick it apart and... In theory, I'd love the matchup of Joe Brady going up against the defense like Dean Peace puts out there because lacking a ton of skill players on there. But Matt Ryan's looked awesome the last two weeks, barring that late crumble kind of in the uh, Miami game that almost cost them the game. They're figuring out how to utilize their players. Calvin Ridley's getting healthy. I just – I can't see it. I got to go Falcons here. Over-under is 46 points. Kind of like I mentioned, Sam Darnold has been dreadful. That's going to make scoring somewhat tough, but it's a soft defense in Atlanta. No way around that. And I think that Matt Ryan's been good enough. I think they will be able to put up points here. I think that the lack of uh, Shaq Thompson is going to be huge with this group of playmakers. Lack injuries in the secondary for the Panthers is going to be huge. Sam Darnold turnover machine, which just leads to more points in general. Shorter field. So got to go with the over here at 46. How are you feeling about this one, Zach? Yeah, I'm basically in, as you put it, quite often lockstep with you. Uh, I'm going to take the Falcons here. I agree with a lot of what you said. I'm looking at this Panthers team, and yeah, the coaching is good. I like Joe Brady. Matt Rule is okay. I'm not sure if you've seen the rumors today about how he might not be married to the NFL game. Like, is there a chance? Yeah. I saw hmm. that. It might have been It might have been that NFL rumors account. I'm not sure. Maybe if you look up the tweet. But regardless, um, yeah, I mean, Did I like the way the Falcons – yeah. Can I stop you real quick? Did you see – I can't remember. Was it like Jordan Palmer or someone like that uh, asking uh, Mike Tomlin if he's going to take the USC job? Yeah, not a uh, big enough <laughs> blank check from a booster. I love that answer. That's why Mike Tomlin is probably like pound for pound my favorite coach in the NFL. But um, we'll get to the Steelers in a little bit, talk about them. But as for the Falcons, I think Matt Ryan's look pretty good. I mean – you know, the first few weeks when the Falcons were not looking that good, people were like, oh, here comes the Phillip Rivers uh, quasi Peyton Manning year for Matt Ryan. But the last three weeks, he's been playing like actual, like good freaking football. And it's helping this team. Like, this is a three and three team plus the emergence of Kyle Pitts. I like that you have brought up Shaq Thompson not playing because this obviously has the makings of another huge Kyle Pitts game. Uh, yeah, I just trust the Falcons more than the Panthers, which sounds crazy to say even like three weeks ago, but it, that just shows how much the NFL can change. Sam Darnold, I mean, that was such a waste of draft capital by Carolina. That was just balls to the wall. Man, and like, that fifth-year contract option. Yeah. That's, it's uh, like, I don't know. I've often compared, I don't know how big of a basketball fan you are, but I've often compared David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers. He's kind of He's kind of trying to be like Steve Ballmer on the Clippers, you know, Trading all oh, yeah, these picks for talent, yeah. But it, th- in terms of NBA, I mean, like, this would be like trading, like, two first-round picks for, like, a seventh man off your bench, like, not even a sixth man. Like, I don't see it with Sam Darnold, regardless of the coaching. I'll take the Falcons here. This over-under 46, it was a line that I looked at, and honestly, it seems super low with two kind of bad defenses, two teams that are probably going to pass a lot. So I thought this was a lock at first, but then I realized, ah, uh, divisional game, like, turnover issues for the Panthers and then I'm I kind of like flipped a little bit so I don't feel great about it but I'm gonna join you on the over train I just I think they're gonna score enough to push over 46 that number does feel a little bit low 
And like I said, hopefully we get a big Calvin Ridley game coming up soon also. But, I would love to see it as a Ridley owner in a couple of my leagues where yes. it has not gone how I expected no, so far yeah. this year. Tr- trust me. Trust me. I, I, <laughs> I need a big uh, Calvin Ridley game. But moving on, we have another divisional matchup. We have the floundering Miami Dolphins and Tua Tungavailoa heading up to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Bills are favored by almost two entire touchdowns. 13 and a half, they're favored at home. I'm going to take the Bills in this game, man. Um, at first, I didn't really like this line. Like, I was like, oh, this feels like kind of a trap, like divisional game. Like, Miami knows they're going to be playing for something. But who knows, like, what's going to happen this week leading up to the deadline? Like, are they going to get the Sean Watson? I would put the, I would probably put the odds of 50-50 right now. Like, I was on the train earlier in the week that's like, yeah, he's going to Miami. But now it's just like all this, like, settlement talk and all that stuff, like, who really knows, but regardless, at the end of the day, Buffalo is a supremely more talented team. I think Josh Allen is going to have his way with a secondary that has been massively disappointing relative to expectations. And Miami just looks lost. Flores looks lost. And that franchise is just in such a bad situation, man. Like, I mean, I feel like it's either quarterback or like the front office or head coach. Like, it's going to be one of those two that leaves after the year. And super unpredictable uh, franchise, but I'm going to take the Bills in this game over on their 49 and a half. I'm going to take the over here. I don't feel great about it. I just think Josh Allen is, you know, after two kind of weak first two games, he's been picking it up. I think he's going to hang a lot of points. They won the first matchup. What was it like, thirty-seven to nothing or something like that? I'm pretty sure. Something along those lines. I think it was like yeah, yeah. thirty-five nothing is what I remember off the yeah. top of my head, but I could be wrong. I can look it up. Yeah, I, I I definitely think similar to what I had said last week about the Patriots and Jets game. I think Miami will somewhat figure out their offense against this defense. Thirty-five nothing. Po- thirty-five nothing. Yeah. So I I can see a situation in which, you know, the Bills. It's kind of a similar result to last week, like a 42 to like 17 win for Buffalo. So I like the over here. How do you feel, Alex? Similar but different. Um, I'm also taking the Bills 13 and a half. That feels like I shouldn't be taking it, right? Like Miami's roster is without a doubt better than a 13 and a half point dog to the Bills. But that being said, I is just. Is it though? It is. is. I think is they have, their roster is all right. Tua's back. Tua has – I know, like Tua. but He's I played mean, well the last couple uh, weeks. Since he's been back, he's actually played well. And there's just been those two plays where it's like, what in the fuck? And because of the nature of the team losing, being one and six, the Deshaun Watson talks, everyone's focusing on those two plays. And they came at bad times. But when you look over the course of the game, if you're charting out like a PFF or something like that, he's played well. He has played well. He's looked he's looked good, and the offense hasn't been the issue in these games. I mean, they've lost. They've been over 20 points both games. They've been very close games, right? They've lost their last two games by a combined five points. That being said, they were against the Falcons and the uh, Jaguars, which are two of the softest defense in the NFL. Bills are not that. And really where my issue is with the Miami offense is their offensive line is one of the worst and least experienced in the game. Bottom five unit, for sure. The Bills' front front seven really is phenomenal they've got playmakers on the back end that can handle two is not going to be rocketing through those guys picking them apart man i just don't see it 
And it's a, just a bad matchup. And it's also from a mental standpoint, you're getting the Bills coming off a bye, hungry after a rough loss in a game they should have won against another playoff team, where they're going to be looking to prove that they are the best team in the NFL. Motivation is not going to be an issue there. I have a hard time picking against the Bills, even with a line that big. Uh, that being said, where I'm differing from you is, I guess, the over-under. It's just seemed that when the Bills have played teams like this, the game just gets out of hand so quickly that it's just tough to get to that 49.5 points. Like I like mentioned, the last game they played, which was just, I guess, five games ago for the Bills, they only scored 35 total points in that game. And then when they played the Texans a while later, they put up 40 points, and there was 40 points put up in the game. I think this is going to be such a blowout that it's hard to hit that point. I'm thinking something along the lines of 35-10. doesn't quite get us there. I don't feel great about it. If the offense can move the ball with Tua, maybe it ends up something like a 45-17 or something like that, and it gets the over. But gun to my head, I got to pick the under on this one. Steelers, or pardon me, I got ahead of myself. 49ers at the Bears. 49ers favored by four on the road. So really they're calling them seven-point favorites. I'm not feeling great about that for the 49ers. I've been picking against the 49ers quite a bit this year. Doing it again here. I got to give you a little shit. I've given you credit when you're when you're right on your Boulder calls. I uh, I was left scratching my head a bit when you picked the Buccaneers as the breakout game for Justin Fields, just because they've got such a dominant front seven and they're so good against the run that it felt like a tough tough game, even with the secondary that they have there. This week I feel a bit better. I, I think you think you know Nick Bosa and they've historically had such a good front seven. It hasn't performed like that so far this year. And they're banged up as usual. The secondary is rough. I think this could be a week in which Justin Fields has a bit of a breakout game. Maybe not anything ridiculous, but looks a whole lot better than he has in other games. Cleo Max out. That's a big loss, but I just don't trust an injured Jimmy Garoppolo or anything I have seen from uh, oh my Trey Lance right now in his rookie year. I think he's definitely going to need a little time to develop before I'm giving him any real credit to win games. On the road going into a place like Chicago for a fair weather team at home, really, that plays on the West Coast, that's a tough ask, man. It is, and I think this Bears team's certainly going to be motivated. I think there's a lot of people trying to prove that they deserve their job going forward. I think this is a good spot for a rebound for Justin Fields and the Bears. I think I, I would take him to win outright, I think, in this game, actually. The over-under, lowest of the week, 39.5, and, and I'm still taking the under. I think that if this offense goes the way Matt Nagy wants it to, they're going to win like something like 20 to 14. That's what I think is going to happen. And I don't really trust either of these teams to score over 20 points in this game. So for that reason, I'm going with the under, even though it is a tough spot to call the under when you're projecting less than 20 points for each team to hit it. Zach, I'm guessing we see this one a little bit differently. Why don't you show me how you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, ideally, one part that you didn't even bring up is that, I mean, we get one half of the matchup that fans would be expecting, like Fields versus Lance, but Lance isn't going to start. But I really feel like, I think he's healthy for this game. I think he's ready to go. He's a backup. I would not be surprised if Jimmy G gets benched in this game. I honestly think he should, I think they should be start. If they lose this game, he should be the starter from here on out. Trey Lance. Like, there's no excuses. There's no excuses. Well, I believe the thing with Jimmy Garoppolo is I think he's a decent quarterback if he's healthy. 
but he's he never can stay healthy for long. And when he's injured, he just drops off the cliff of the earth. Like it's just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I think he is in that. Like, if we're ranking all thirty-two starters, he's in like that twenty to twenty-five range for me. Like, I don't, I definitely don't think he's in contention for like a top. Playing hurt, I think he's worse than that. Yeah. Like, respect him I mean, for gunning it out, but he shouldn't. He yeah. clearly, it clearly is not the same person. Yeah. Um. But I'm still going to take the Niners. I, I do think Trey Lance gets a little run in this game. It definitely is a tough matchup. I do like. Justin Fields' prospects in this game. I will say in that Buccaneers matchup, I was looking too deep into the injuries in the secondary and didn't account for the fact that not only is Matt Nagy not doing any favors for Justin Fields, he's basically a dead man walking. Um, That defensive line against the Bears' offensive line is a total mismatch. So that's some fault on my part. Um, I was expecting, you know, maybe some, you know, garbage time play by the Bears. That didn't even come to fruition, so full mess on my part. I'll take credit for that. I don't know, man. I like the uh, 49ers in this game. I think on the road in a must-win game in a competitive division where, you know, that's seventh seed in the NFC, even the sixth seed is still kind of up for grabs. You look at a team like the 49ers that look really good rushing the ball against Indianapolis, a team that has a really good run defense, and, you know, Elijah Mitchell looks really good. Who knows if Trey Sermon will get some action in there, you know, Shanahan, I, in years past, I felt like they had most success, you know, using multiple guys. I feel like he's kind of deviated from that. So if he could go back to his roots, I really like the odds for, I don't know. I just don't trust this Bears team at all. And I do think it'll be a not a super high scoring game, but definitely more than expectations. 39 and a half feels a little low. I don't think it's going to be like some game where like it's a shootout, but. It felt a little low to me, so I'm going to go with another over. So that's four straight overs for me. Don't really feel great about it, but I do feel good about all the picks I made. I just know one of those games is going to burn me. But moving on, we have... Before we move uh, on, just something yeah. kind of weird that doesn't get brought up very much. You know who has a higher winning record or winning percentage as a 49ers head coach than Kyle Shanahan? Who? Mike Singletary. Yeah, I saw that. I knew you were going to – I saw that <laughs> stat the other day. I was going to be like, Mike Singletary, and then you said it, and I'm like – That's just I mean, it's it's so crazy. weird because it feels so different, right? Like, I remember watching Mike Singletary at Seahawks fan, and they're like, oh, I hope this guy yeah. stays forever. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then like, the Shanahan, I'm scared of him, but it is, it's worth noting. And it is kind of crazy because if you would have asked, like, the question, like, who's more willing to, like, adapt to changes, like, two years ago – I feel like most like knowledgeable football fans would have said McVay over Shanahan. Like that's been like the debate, and now I just feel like McVay is. I mean, Shanahan has had such a bad year. Like, and I get he's dealt with injuries, but just like personnel decisions and like stuff like that. Like I think he has had like him and Brian Flores have had like like it's been a year to forget for those guys. Like though they like their stocks have fallen off a cliff. But for sure, I think Shanahan's stock is still. Well, yeah, ahead of four I, yeah. is right now, but yeah, no, nah. I'm just saying like both of those guys have been like, you know, kind of, uh, you know, eating their words, but moving on, we got another divisional matchup third out of the five we've done today, Pittsburgh Steelers going into Cleveland to take on the Browns case Keenum, Ben Roethlisberger should be a great game for the a dot fanatics on Twitter. All these analytics <laughs> nerds. Um, 
Browns are favored by three and a half. And I like the Browns in this game. Uh, divisional game, I like them at home. Nick Chubb should be back for this game. I think against a tough Steelers run defense, he might have some trouble. But at the same time, I just look at this game and I'm like, Stefanski isn't going to deviate. Regardless of the injuries we saw that last week with Dearness Johnson, like we thought, oh, maybe he'll try and air it out more even with Case Keenum. No. One of the things I respect about Stefanski, which is why he won a coach of the year, is that he knows what he's good at and he does it. He does not try to be cute. He does not try, you know, to be something that he's not. He's a very authentic head coach. And that offense that he runs with the dual backs and, you know, the short passing game has worked well for them. And I get they narrowly beat the Broncos last week, a floundering Denver team, but. You know, they keep winning, and I like this Cleveland team a lot. I like that roster, and against the Steelers team that, I mean, it could be, this is, it's still a good secondary in Cleveland. Like, this could be a multi-pick game for Ben Roethlisberger, in my opinion. So I'm going to take the Browns here. Over under in this game, 42. Feels a little low. I'm going to take my first thunder here. I I think it's going to be a ground-heavy game. Najee Harris and... Not, and uh, Nick Chubb both, you know, pounding the rock. A good old 3.6 yards per carry game for both backs. But, uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I just don't envision a game in Cleveland when the weather is probably not going to be that great, that two teams with quarterbacks with kind of puny arms are going to be airing it out. I don't expect a lot of points. I like the under here. What do you think, Alex? I, I think that the Browns are going to win this game. I think they'll win by over three. The, the three and a half is tough. I wish it was two and a half. I'd feel a lot more confident if you gave me that field goal edge. We don't get it. I can definitely see a scenario in which the Browns win the game, but the Steelers cover. That being said, Cleveland has arguably the best run defense in the NFL right now, which feels weird, but nevertheless, it's the case. They've looked phenomenal against the run, getting better against the pass as they start to get healthier on the secondary. I think Baker's going to be back. Uh, I know he's practicing yesterday. I'm kind of expecting him to be back, which for me is a good thing uh, right now. I don't know if he's 100%. I'd still take him over Case Keenum. And uh, I think that this Cleveland defensive line is going to get right after Ben Rossberger and shut down the run, which is going to make it very hard on Ben Rossberger to put this team on his back. I have a tough time envisioning this game working out. The over-under of 42, I, I think the Browns match up fairly well against what Pittsburgh wants to do. I, I think that the outside zone is a good way to kind of neutralize that pass rush a little bit. I think that they can pass over top if they get them blitzing heavy, like they liked, like historically they like to do. I think it's just a bad matchup. I think points are going to get scored. I think – they're going to force Pittsburgh to throw the ball a lot, which leads to more plays, which generally leads to more drives, which leads to more total points, even if efficiency isn't that good. So I'm going to go over just because it's so low. Don't feel great about either pick in this one. It's one of those games that could really go either way. Good coaching across the board. But I'm assuming Baker comes back. Dearness Johnson was good. Just want to give a shout-out. Stump Mitchell, running backs coach on Cleveland. Man, he has been doing a killer job. I have no idea if he's – the type of person to get any head coach buzz or even coordinator buzz, but doing a hell of a job coaching running backs there because Dearness Johnson looked phenomenal last week as the running back three over there out of nowhere. 
Kind of a weird line here. Eagles at the Lions. Eagles favored by three and a half on the road. This was one of the harder games to pick for me. Uh, I'm going Eagles, and I feel like I have to kind of swallow some medicine when I'm making this pick. I, I think that this is a good spot for the Lions to get their W right here. I, I think that soft zone defense that Gannon's running over there matches really well with what a certain Detroit Lions quarterback who uh, actually played all right last week. I got to give him credit. Jared Goff loves to do as a quarterback. He just loves to pick apart that soft zone. He does not want man. He does not want the blitz coming in his face. They don't do that very well. That being said, I think either one of or the highest pass rush, pass rush win rate in the NFL. Pass <laughs> I don't rush. know where that came. Pass rush. But, uh, <laughs> They look solid, man, against that. I have a hard time thinking this Lions, Frank Ragno, this offensive line is going to be able to stop them. And I just don't trust the running game scoring up there. I do think that this is exactly the type of defense that the uh, Eagles offensive attack can handle really well. I think that you're going to see a whole lot of quarterback runs gashing. And then as soon as they draw that secondary in, some over-the-top throws, I don't know how consistently – Jalen's going to be hitting those shots over the top, but I do think that we're going to see a lot of big chunk plays for the Eagles here. And uh, most importantly, Miles Sanders questionable, which is obviously a huge W for the Eagles. Uh, (laughs) I'm kidding. That's just a callback to last week where we had some passionate Miles Sanders debate. But uh, I got to go with the Eagles in this one, but if the Lions are going to get a win, this is a good spot for it. And, uh, Maybe that uh, extra three and a half again over two and a half. That's a that's a big difference for me. Struggle with this one. Going with the under overall, though. I don't think either team is going to be efficient enough to put up anything close to fifty points. So I think we'll see something like a you could say twenty four seventeen or something along those lines. What about you, Zach? Yeah, I'm with you, and I'm kind of with you on the pick too. Like, if there's one game that the Lions have a good chance of getting their first win at home against a team that I believe, I don't know if you saw that stat that was posted in our uh, Slack this morning, that they have allowed a, the Eagles secondary has allowed a 76.6 completion rate, which is like way like higher than any other team in the NFL. So, I mean, that's scary. My thing is, is that when I look at the lines, there's two things that make me hesitant on having them win this game. It's just get Jared Goff in general. Like, he's just, like, he's going to do something stupid. Like, that's a given. And you know what? I've I've always wanted to like Goff because I feel like one thing that people don't talk about a lot is I'm not saying he's Stafford or Mahomes or Josh Allen. Like, he has a good arm. I think people forget about that. Like, if, if those guys that I had mentioned have, like, a 10 arm out of 10 – like, Goff is like an eight and a half, nine. Like, this dude, like, this ain't no, like, Case Keenum, something like that. Like, I always also appreciate eight and a half uh, in terms of hand size. <laughs> he's not that small, but he's he's uh, got tiny little hands. So it's kind of big that he's playing in a dome t- yeah. this week. No, yeah, I mean, that is kind of – d- that does help. But I also just think this – the defense is so inexperienced. Like, that secondary, like, the corners, they this Jerry Jacobs guy who supposedly, according to the Lions fans that I know, has been playing, like, pretty well. I like Tracy Walker on the back end. Will Harris has been, like, the worst safety in the NFL, which is surprising to say because, I mean, I don't know about you, but there has been a lot. Will Harris, am I right? (laughs) 
Aha. Uh-huh. No, nah, but I don't know. I don't know if it's just me, but I think safety play this year has been pretty abominable across all stages. Like yeah. in the NFL. It's been a it's been a pretty bad year for the safety position. Good thing we got uh, Kyle Hamilton coming. Potential uh Lions pick in the top five, but I just look at that inexperience on that Detroit defense, and I'm just, I'm just not sold on it. I think Sirianni, given all his flaws, he's still not a terrible play caller, and I think I like he'll be Sirianni. able to use. Yeah, me too. I, I've always defended him. People saw that one press conference where the guy obviously is not good in public speaking settings. Oh yeah, yeah. This is hell, and they were like, "Oh, this guy sucks. What the hell?" But you know, Eagles fans are the worst fans in the NFL. Sorry, any Philly fans that listen to this, uh, shout out Dowell, but. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm not even just saying that as a Giants fan. I mean, don't throw rocks at Santa Claus. But I will pick your team to win this week. I'll take the Eagles line minus three and a half. Over under 48. And I have my first lock of the week. I'm with you, Alex. You obviously don't feel as good about it as me. But I'm definitely going to take the under in this game. I think this is going to be kind of a mess. I don't see any, like, like this feels like, if you look at it, you're like, oh, two bad defenses, two teams that are going to pass a lot, blah, blah, blah. You know, running back injuries. DeAndre Swift's questionable. Miles Sanders is out. They're going to pass. Hawkinson questionable, too. That was a big one for me. All right. Well, I did not know that. That is not great for my fantasy prospects. But anyway, that even helps my argument. I just feel like both teams are going to struggle to put points on the board. 48, that feels pretty high to me. I feel extremely comfortable with that under. So I'm going to lock that up. Moving on, we have – I keep getting these divisional games. we got the Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts kind of having a bit of a turnaround after a really bad start. They are uh, favored by one, so they're really uh, – you know, Titans are really favored by two given that home field advantage. Basically a pick em. I'll take the Titans in this game. I think they've kind of turned a corner offensively. I was really down on Todd Downing, no pun intended, but um, – <laughs> He's been good. Seeing, yeah, I mean, he has been pretty solid. Tannehill, you know, he's taken a little bit of a step back. But A.J. Brown looks like he's fully recovered from his Not injury. Not much, though. Play. He's been good. Yeah, nah, he's been uh, he's been pretty good lately. And obviously, Derrick Henry, you know, has been good. I'm not expecting a monster Derrick Henry game. But still, when no. you have a weapon like that, plus when you have <clears> – <throat> excuse me. When you have a defense, a secondary that's still young, not playing that good, but it's still coming into its own. The Caleb Farley injury sucks. Carson Wentz is bound to make a couple mistakes. He only has one pick on the year, which is super surprising. He's been playing really well for the Colts. Uh, but still, I just look at the Tennessee Titans, and I picked them to win the AFC South preseason. I still feel really good about that. I'm going to take them to win this game. Over under 51, this feels really high to me. I must lock this up, to be completely honest. I'll take the under in it. Uh, looks like you kind of agree with me there. But, yeah, I just don't see, like, this shootout potential between these two teams. I I wouldn't say I don't see a shootout potential. I'm actually going to start with the over-under on this one just because I uh, transitioned nicely. But I, I think that there – I think there could be a shootout in this one. I, I – Titans put up a lot of points. Colts have been putting up a lot of points right now, and their defense has been giving up a lot of points. Um, I think that's worth noting. They've been they've been decent. They're good at bend, don't break, for sure. They give up a lot more yards than they do points. Iberflus, good coach, right? No way around that. Frank Reich, maybe a sneaky coach of the year candidate with how he kind of weathered that storm, what he's done rebuilding Carson Strong, even through an injury. I think he's been really impressive for me. 
I, I kind of looked at it and I was like, the Colts are favored in this game? No way. No way. And then uh, the more I looked at it, I was like, eh, maybe. I mean, if there's one defense that's going to stop Derrick Henry, it's going to be one that kind of plays too high and then has uh, DeForest Buckner and uh, Darius Leonard. Or, yeah. Uh, in the middle of the field there, I think they can shut down the run as well as most teams can. It's definitely a run-stopping based defense. That being said, man, it was A.J. Brown last week who looked like A.J. Brown for the first time all year coming back. I don't think that they have any any people in the secondary that can shut down A.J. Brown. And if they get that moving, I, I think it's really hard to pick against Tennessee here. I don't trust either defense a ton. I just think there's going to be a lot of running going on in this game, and I think that there's going to be just a couple big plays that decide it one way or the other. I, I felt – I felt like 51 was a good line. I think if it was 49, I would definitely be taking the over. Um, taking the under as is, and I'm going to take the Titans just because it's tough to bet against uh, Derrick Henry. Wait, so if it was 49, you would take the over, but you're taking the under, it's 59. So you're fine. Uh, so no. it would have, what, what if it was 50? 50, I'm betting on a push. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. 27, uh, 23 times. That's, where I, that's where I felt like 50 was exactly where I was setting the line in my head personally. So yeah. it was it was one of those things where it was like I, I thought I thought the lines were pretty good in this game when at first glance I was like these are horrible lines like these are easy picks the more I looked into it the more I was like ah this could be a tough matchup for the Titans but the Titans did beat the Colts soundly earlier this year so got to look at that uh, one of the uh, easiest picks for me this week uh, Bengals at the Jets uh, Bengals favored by ten points that feels kind of weird for the Bengals. But uh, such is the nature of how the two seasons have gone. Did you see that the preseason? I'm sorry, but did you see the preseason line for this game? It was no, Jets it was it? plus one. I would love. I to mean, take Jets that. minus one. Jets minus one. I would love to take that even more. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, what's the name of the Jets backup quarterback? Something White. Right? Mike White. Yeah, Mike White. He does not inspire me enough confidence to say that the Jets are going to suddenly turn it around. Against one of the hottest teams in the NFL. The number one seed in the uh, AFC, I believe, right now on the Bengals, even going on the road to the Jets. Not necessarily the toughest place to play. They don't have a secondary to stop this offensive attack at all. They just really don't. Uh, and I think Chris Evans could be a wild card in this game where I could see him actually going off as that pass catching back in this game. I don't think they have the linebackers to really stop him. Leaking out of the backfield, very good receiving back, one of my favorites in the last year's class. I just I don't see any way in which I'm like, oh, yeah, this is good for the Jets. Every matchup I look at, I'm like, this is really bad for the Jets. And I think the Bengals are kind of looking for, you know, another statement win coming off a big win. You could make cases a place for letdown going on the road after a big emotional victory. It can happen. I don't think it's going to. I'm picking the Bengals in this one to cover 10. And uh, I'm actually going to lock up the over-under. 42 set as the over-under on this game. I think the offense looked a lot different with Mike White in there, and they looked a lot more, I would kind of say, risk it for the biscuit, which sounds weird with Zach Wilson, who is one of the most risk it for the biscuit quarterbacks there is, but just hasn't played out that way so far in the NFL. I thought they moved the ball a little bit better with Mike White and also looked very capable of turning over the ball a ton, especially against the defense, like what the Bengals have right now. I think that the Bengals are going to score a ton of points on the Jets. As well, I'm locking up the over at 42. How do you see this one, Zach? Um, yeah, I'm not gonna go into much depth. 
this Jets offense is disgusting. I no no offense to Mike White, very good college quarterback. I can't believe he's starting for an NFL team. <laughs> like that is actually like fucking nuts to me. Um, he does have good size, a uh, very poor athlete. I remember his combine. He uh, I think he ran like a five five one forty. So yeah, I mean he's kind of like. I guess he's kind of like their Joe Flacco, I guess, who they did acquire in a trade this week. But I just look at this game, and I think the Bengals, forget the improvement they show they're going against a Jets team that is just not as talented as them in any facet of the game of football. I mean, I guess offensive line is kind of close, but even the defensive line, like the Bengals have really played well up front and that defense has been awesome. I believe they're the fifth scoring defense. So I'm taking the Bengals here over on there. I didn't feel about, I didn't feel as great about it as you only because I just, if Mike White's starting, like what am I really going to project this team to score more than possibly 17 points? No way. And the Bengals, Are you I feel expecting like, the Bengals to score less against them than they did against the uh, the Ravens? Because that's maybe. literally, if they score one more point than they did against the Ravens, they cover the line by themselves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's possible. I, I, I don't think they're going to score 40 points again. I mean, to be honest, I, I just feel like it's going to be a uh, you know deflating game going to try and run the ball out a lot. Could be a big Joe Mixon game, I will say that. I called the Justin Fields game last week. I'm going to do it again. Week 8, Bengals and Jets will be the Joe Mixon game. Lock him into your fantasy lineup. Zach Dietz, mixing it up. I am mixing it up. Uh, Moving on, though, we have another absolute stinker game. The Los Angeles Rams heading to Houston to take on the Texans, who, uh, yeah, this might be the last game that Deshaun Watson is on the roster, or he might be gone beforehand. Rams favored on the road by 14 and a half. So really it's like 17 and a half. I'm still taking the Rams. This is a lock. I don't feel really good about any lines this week. This felt like the safest one. I just don't trust the Texans to score in any facet. Although Davis Mills, I mean, Tim Kelly has looked really good. I know you're a big Tim Kelly fan. He has made Davis Tim Mills. Tim Kelly tribe serviceable but in terms of everything else in that offense the run game is awful the offensive line is awful i mean brandon cooks might be on his way out soon via trade so i i don't know this there's no way in hell in my opinion that this becomes like the rams laying an egg against the jets last year like i think that that those years have come and gone with jared goff they got stafford now cooper cup robert woods all these guys tyler higby are gonna just destroy this texans team over under 47 and a half. I'm going to take the under here. Similar uh, mindset that I have with the Bengals and Jets game where I took the over and I'm going to take the under here because I feel like it's a little bigger. <laughs> and yeah, no, I was, a lo- I was a little confused on that. But yeah, I think I was reading the wrong thing. Anyway, um, 47 and a half. I just, I mean, I, I would be shocked if the Texans scored more than 10 points. Which, which sounds really, like, risky to say, but this offense is just so anemic, and the Rams are just that good. Former resident Texans fan, Zach Dietz. Uh, yeah, no I'm longer. these guys. I'm sorry. No longer. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I saw it the same way you did. I just felt a lot less confident. I, uh, I think this game is probably going to be a blowout. 14.5 points is 
quite the wide margin. That being said, this Texans team has looked like a team that should lose to any good team by about that margin. Uh, I think Tyrod Taylor might be starting this week, which could be a big uh, could be a big change. But even then, coming back first week, he's going to be a little bit rusty. I do love Tim Kelly. I don't love him against you know what has been one of, if not the best defense in the NFL so far. And for that reason, I do think it's going to be one of those like 31 to 6 type games that are going to have a hard time getting over a 47 and a half point. So got to go with the under there as well. Was a little bit close to going Texans when I heard Tyrod was coming back for the line because it is such a big line. But can't do it. Don't want to be rooting for the Texans in this one at all to do anything. Game I do have some vested interest in is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off their bye week to take on the mighty Seattle Seahawks coming off a rough loss, rough loss to a New Orleans 13 to 10 last week. Seahawks favored by three and a half points, which to be honest, feels disrespectful to favor this Geno Smith led Seahawks team against team coming off a win and a bye week. That being said, I am going to take Seattle in this game I have a hard time trusting the Jaguars right now. I do think Trevor Lawrence has finally started to look a bit like Trevor Lawrence. He's been decent, actually, the last two weeks, I would say. Uh, coming off by, got a chance to have schemed around a Seahawks secondary that doesn't exactly inspire fear in the hearts of anyone. I think, I think this is a must-win game for Seattle. I think that Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson are both really good on the sideline, really good motivators of men. I think that that is going to matter in this game because I don't think that Urban Meyer is rallying the troops in the same way that Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, who is itching to come back next week, or I think it's actually the week after next week, by next week, but has a chance to come back for the Seahawks next game, does not want to be on a 2-6 and six team. I think the Seahawks are going to figure out some way to do it. I wish the line was 2.5 again. 3.5 is like my least favorite line because it's just that like, don't make me lose because they won by on a field goal or some shit like yeah. that. <laughs> so I hate to see that. I, I don't feel super confident in it. I just have to think there's going to be one team that's more motivated than the other. And I think that Trevor Lawrence still, well, I think he has looked better. I think there's probably going to be a mistake or two that's coming in. I think that uh, Urban Meyer might be a little distracted still. We'll see. Got to take Seahawks here. Over-under, I felt a lot better on. 43 and a half points. Like I mentioned, Trevor Lawrence looking a lot better. Seahawks defense, despite only giving up 13 points, and it could have been less last week. Still, that was just a really good matchup for them. I do think they're going to give up points to Trevor Lawrence and this team. I also think that Geno Smith is going to be able to move the ball a lot better against this Jaguars team than he was able against a solid New Orleans defense. I don't have too much fear about their pass rusher secondary. I think that we'll be able to run the ball a bit better like we did against Pittsburgh. Going with the over here, feeling more confident about that. What about you, Zach? Yeah, I kind of agree with you on all fronts. Um, Yeah, I mean, this matchup is kind of disgusting for me just to watch. Let me ask you a question. Is Bortles the backup to Geno right now? Uh, I don't know. It could be Eason. I have no idea. I I mean, I I would probably think – I think Eason's on the practice squad. Let me look up the Seahawks. In theory, but he was really just quickly. coming over. There's but, no like good answer to that question, right? <laughs> yeah, let me uh let me peep this because let's see this depth chart. 
So we Bortles got Revenge guys. Tour. Is that what you're saying? Oh, okay. You're no, you're right. E- Eason is the backup. You're right, according to the ESPN depth chart, at least. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe we could see another uh, Jacob Eason appearance this week. Yeah. I mean, Gino hasn't looked that good. I, uh, I do think the Jaguars. I, I like Eason, man. You didn't like Eason? I like Eason. I don't love him two weeks removed into a new offense. He's For the things I like Eason for, being able to learn a playbook really quickly is not the thing. That's what I'll say. Yeah. I mean, I liked him as a prospect, to be honest. Like, I've always kind of pulled for him and stuff. I love that pick by the Colts, to be honest. But uh it didn't work out. Oh, it was out great value where it was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. But he uh, threw a pick his first pass, I believe, this year when Carson Wentz got, went down. So, yep. And kind of uh, soured up. And they have Sam Ellinger. So, anyway, not talking about the Colts. It. I don't get that. There's no way in my yeah, mind don't, that- Eason is worse than Sam Ellinger. And that's not a statement on Eason, not a statement on Sam uh, Ellinger, the person. I'm sure he's a great locker room presence. I have scouted Sam Ellinger heavily. I don't think he can do it. (laughs) He's uh, the AFC's Taysom Hill. But nonetheless, looking at this Jaguars-Seahawks game, I do think the Jaguars are going to be able to put up points. So I'm going to spice things up a little bit. I mean, that over on their 43.5, that feels super low. In my opinion, so I'm with you. I'm going to take the over in that scenario. Um, I'm also unity going to... on the pod. What? I said unity on the pod. Nothing. Oh, nothing crazy. I thought, you said, I thought you called me. I thought you said you an idiot. I was like, damn. You an bro. idiot on the pod. That's how I yeah, talk man. now. <laughs> Yo, you an idiot on the pod. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm just going to be throwing that out randomly now, but. <laughs> I, I agree with you mostly. The Seahawks defense looked a little better. Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he definitely has come into his own a little bit. Granted, he's gone up against a couple good defenses, a couple bad defenses, the last good matchups for him. Bad defenses, his last couple starts. I still like the Seahawks in this game. I think it's better coaching on both sides of the ball. And, yeah, I mean, it's the Jaguars. I don't really trust them to beat a team that is not a dumpster fire. So, yeah, going to take the Seahawks, going to take that 43.5 over. So we agree on that front. Moving on, probably, eh, I wouldn't say the best game out of the week outside of Thursday Night Football, but it's probably the second one. I, I mean, I think it would either two or three, but. For me, it's three. Yeah. Mm, three, maybe four. There's, there's a couple good. I like most of the games here from now on, but there's one game that stood out. From, for me, the best game you of the week. You like is- the game after this. Yes, I do. Yikes. There's, All right. There's a well, big, that's the worst big intrigue the in this game for me. Okay, I can't wait to hear about it. But we'll talk about Patriots at the Chargers now. Chargers favored five and a half. We, knew, we know that the Patriots basically curb stomped L.A. last year, but that was with Anthony Lynn at the helm. I am say it all the time. I'm a huge Brandon Staley fan. Justin Herbert's looking like a top five quarterback in the NFL Everything that the Eagles have wanted from Carson Wentz, it looks like Justin Herbert, <clears throat> excuse me, is becoming. Uh, the weapons are good. The problem I could see with the Chargers is this run defense is really bad, and we know Bill has loved using the running backs, so that could bode a concern. Five and a half makes me a little weary, but I do feel confident that the Chargers are a better team, so I'll take them outright, and I'll take the five and a half points. 48 and a half. I think it's going to be – I don't think the Chargers are going to blow them out. I think it will be a close game. And with the, the Patriots, like I expect, running the ball a lot, 
I don't think a ton of points are going to go up. I mean, this feels dumb to say with Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, even Austin Eckler catching passes out the backfield. But I got to take the under here. Just feels a little, little too high for my tasting. How do you feel, Alex? I feel pretty much the same as you on this one. I, I think I feel best about the under. I think that this is going to be a game where the Patriots are stringing a ton of like 12 play drives together. I think that oddly enough, this defense matches up very well for the Patriots for what they want to do, which is they just kind of want to dink and dunk it, be super efficient and just grind out first down after first down on two or three plays each time. So I think that this is actually a good matchup for them. I think the talent, the Chargers, are the much more talented team. I think they're the much more explosive team. I don't think that the uh, Patriots secondary is as good as it has been in years past, which kind of concerns me a bit there. That being said, I think that at five and a half points, I was really tempted to take the Patriots in this one. Just at the end of the day, I wanted to go with the team that I thought was the better overall team at home. But uh, this was a close one for me. I think it's going to be a good game. I could absolutely see the Patriots playing it. Mac Jones my rookie of the year pick preseason uh, is looking pretty good. And he finally had some big plays last week, uh, which was the thing that was missing. So yeah, I think it's going to be a really good game. And uh, it's an intriguing game that uh, if the Patriots win, it could have some postseason implications. So it's a, uh, it's, it's an intriguing game to watch up. I don't think a ton of points are going to be scored in this game. I think that while I do expect the Chargers to be explosive in this game, I think that there's going to be some inefficiency there. So I think they'll have a bit of trouble moving the ball consistently. And I think the Patriots is going to come down to whether or not they're kicking field goals or they are kicking or they're scoring touchdowns. And against this Chargers team, I think that it's going to be a bit bend on break. I think they're going to have a lot of 12 play 70 yard drives that end in a field goal and uh, something along the lines of a 25 to 19 sort of game. So going to take the under on that one, but looking forward to it. You're definitely not interested in this one. I am interested in the Washington football team visiting the Broncos. Broncos favored by three at home, which basically means it's a wash. I'm going Broncos here. I think that this is an intriguing game. You mentioned it last week that Vic Fangio could be gone if they lost. They did lose. And I think this might be the game. I'm starting to come around to your side where Vic Fangio, a coach that I respect very highly, they've missed on some quarterbacks, man. If they lose this game which is a winnable game for them. It could be ugly. I don't love how they're utilizing Devontae Williams. I think for me, watching those two running backs there between him and Melvin Gordon, it is very clear to me which running back is better between the two right now. And Melvin Gordon, good career, still a usable back. To me, Devontae needs to be getting more than five carries in a game. I don't know what that is. He did have a touchdown receiving, but not using him, not using correctly, especially with a quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater. He's not going to push the ball. I, I think that Washington's slowly starting to look a bit better. They've just had some tough matchups the last few weeks. This is kind of an intriguing game. I think it could go either way. But, man, if the Broncos lose this game, it could get really ugly. And I would love to see Vic Fangio as a Seahawks defense coordinator. Not going to happen because he is a very, very like different a million from mentality standpoint. Yeah, a very different mentality than uh, Pete Carroll. But would be nice to see. Fun to dream. Going to take the Broncos, dude. I think they've got a loaded roster. If they can get a quarterback next year, I still think that they are one of the front runners to win it all. Vaughn Miller, I think, is out for this game, along with a lot of other pieces. They've had really bad injury luck. Teddy Bridgewater, if he plays another sinker, he probably gets benched, and they probably try to ride Drew Locke to uh, maybe a run if he can get hot. 
Over under in this game, 44 and a half. I am slamming the under on this one because I think that Vic Fangio, when he gets down to like, all right, my job's on the line, he's not going to be the type of person that gets more aggressive with a quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's the type of guy who's like, I need to control everything. Let's make this offense slow and efficient. Uh, and I also think that Case Keenum is a turnover machine who likes to push the ball. So I think there's going to be a lot of turnovers that happen on the the wrong side of the field for points. Terry McLaurin, I believe, is a little banged up for this game. I think he'll still play, but questionable. That's not great against a very good secondary. I'm going with the Broncos here. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to take Washington. Um, I agree with you, and I do, I do respect you reached out to me after we recorded the pod because similar to last week, we're, we're recording this Thursday around um, – Right now it's about 5 o'clock Eastern time, so 2 o'clock for you. So it's before Thursday Night Football that we watch the game. And then you message me and you're like, yeah, I'm starting to come around on your Fangio take. And I agree with you. Listen, Fangio is probably a top three defensive play caller in the NFL. I don't think he's cut out to be a head coach. And I think this team is starting to flounder. It's a new regime. It's George Patton's first full year as GM, a talent evaluator from Minnesota who I really, really respect. I think he has an insane eye for talent. And, you know, I mean, if that I, I'm taking Washington on the road here. I don't feel great about it, but I do think they'll be able to – Heineke will be able to get some pass offense going. It's going to be an ugly game, but I think they'll be able to squeak it out. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a push, man. I mean, I, I will be honest for you. I would never I would never do it, but I almost went push in this game. Like, is that just it. a picture in 20 <laughs> to 7? I'm pick maybe one week. That would be uh, such a nuts pick if you got it though. Like you, that would be that two points. Life. That would be two points. Yeah. I agree with um, that. If you want to go push here, I will give you a. I'll give you three. I'll give you three W's for it. Nah, I can't do it. I'm a coward. Ah. I'm sorry. Nah, but I'll tell you just because Washington's defense is so bad. But still, I trust them to score more than this Broncos team. Although Jerry Judy is probably going to be back. So, I mean, that's exciting for them. That's another factor. That's huge. That is huge. Yeah. So, but still, I don't know. I feel like Fangio is basically, you know, I said it about Matt Nagy before, but he's the lamest of all ducks. Like, the duck that, like, stands in the corner, the duck that sits by himself at the lunch table. Like, just the lamest of all duck. I mean, that's a terrible analogy. I don't even know what I'm saying, but... Regardless, Vic Fangio, I'm not you sure, could get but him. It sounds like <laughs> anti duck takes, and as a U Dub fan, let's go. Let's keep the duck hate coming. <laughs> There's actually a uh, minor league team on Long Island. I don't know if you've ever heard about them. It's like independent league, the Long Island Ducks. It's I'm not I'm familiar with the uh, Binghamton uh, Rumble Ponies. But, yeah. uh, uh, go Tebow. Yeah, if I, you, Island, if I were you right now, I'd look up. Things. If I were you right now, I'd look up Long Island Ducks because, I mean, coolest logo in all sports. My opinion. Really? Better than the Staten Island Pizza Kings. I don't like (laughs) Staten Island, so uh, yeah, (laughs) I'm not really with that take. But moving on, 44 and a half over under. I'm going to take the under in this game. Uh, I agree with you. I think it's going to be ugly. 20 to 17, going to lock that 20 to 16 because I picked Washington. Uh, Yeah, actually, no, I could pick 20 to 17 because the Broncos are favored. I'm all over the place. Sorry, we got three games left. I'm pumped up for Packers Cardinals tonight. Let's finish this up right now. Bucks at Saints. Next game, Bucks favored by five and a half. This is going to be my upset of the week. I'm going to take the Saints to win this game outright. I really am. 
you know, Whoa. just I am. I am. After I look at this calling team. the Justin Fields breakout game last week. Now it is the. Jameis. I still think the Bucks to win. Still think the Bucks to win outright, but no, nah, I do think I. The Saints are such a bipolar team. I mean, it makes total sense to completely flub against a Geno Smith-led Seahawks team and then beat probably the first or second best team in the NFC. I think Sean Payton's going to dial up a good game plan. I feel like Jameis Winston's going to be motivated. They're going to be at home. Um, Alvin Kamara, he's shown more of a willingness to throw to Kamara out of the backfield, which was kind of a confusing trend the first few weeks. I know a lot of fantasy owners who have Kamara were like, why aren't you throwing to him? But he did that last week and it paid dividends for him. And I can definitely see that, you know, use that mismatch with the linebackers. I worry about the Saints' weapons, but still, I think their defense will be playing well. I think it'll be a close game regardless. So even if I'm not fully sold on the Saints winning, which I'm not, I am going to pick them to win outright. It just feels that way. I think five and a half feels a little big for a divisional game. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like the Saints are kind of a funky matchup for the Bucks. Over under 50 and a half. I think it'll be a high scoring game. It's in a dome. I think Jameis is going to be airing it out. Tom Brady's looks superb this year. You know, he's averaging over 300 passing yards a game. So I got to take the over in this game. How do you feel about it, Alex? I'll get into that in a second, which is very differently than you. But uh, I also wanted to touch on how smart does George Patton look for passing on the quarterback class last year right now? I mean, obviously time to tell, but not at all. I felt like he not was – crazy passing on Justin Fields at eight. And now he's got Patrick Sertan, who, when healthy, looked very, very good. Patrick Sertan's the best cornerback on that team already. Yeah, and they can clear a lot of cap space if they let go of two cornerbacks so they can easily let go from a raw standpoint and get in whichever quarterback they're able to get in there and be ready to roll next year. So just want to shout out that. That looked good and reminded me of it when you were talking about it earlier. I'm taking the Bucs on this one. I feel really good about the Bucs in this one, actually. I think... James will have a chance to air it out for sure. Not the best secondary there. Who the fuck is he going to throw to? I don't know. I don't know who that is. I think that if there's one team that's set up to stop Alvin Kamara, it's this Buccaneers team with arguably the best run defense in the NFL and also two linebackers that are incredibly good at covering running backs like that in the flat. So I just have a hard time envisioning how the Saints offense is going to pick apart the team throwing to, you know, Marquez Callaway, wherever they're going to throw to. I, I think maybe if they had a healthy Michael Thomas out there, which sounds like there's some nightmare situation going on because uh, I know Sean Payton refused to comment on when he would be back, which uh, doesn't always sound great for uh, Slant Boy. I think that that's going to be rough. Saints do have a good secondary. I think in the two matchups last year, Michael Thomas, or not Michael Thomas, but uh, Mike Evans had uh, two catches for five yards in combined both games. Did have two touchdowns. But uh, that's not what you expect out of Mike Evans. I think he will be probably shut down again. That's, that's a fun matchup to watch every every year. But uh, I think the Bucs are going to roll, man. I think that they match up really well against this particular Saints team. And for that reason, I think that there is going to be a slow-scoring game. I think it's going to be something along the lines of 28-14. to 14. So I'm going to take the under in this one. Almost locked it up, personally. Uh, going Oh, what happened to my – I appear to uh, – oh, there we go. Okay. Cowboys – I confused myself. This is what I think the best matchup of the week is, actually, which is the Cowboys at the Minnesota Vikings. 
who, by the way, righted the ship pretty well. And it now looks like the teams that they lost to in the year, everyone's like, oh, how could you lose to the Bengals? I believe it was. They've, they've lost to some very good teams uh, so far this year. So I think the Vikings are a feisty little team. Cowboys look really good. I was too low on them coming into the year for sure. Cowboys favored by one and a half on the road. I'm actually going to lock up the Cowboys in this one just because I don't think that there is any way in hell, especially with Michael Gallup now looking like he's going to be back and healthy for the game. I just don't see how this Vikings secondary can hang with uh, this Cowboys offensive attack. I, I just don't get how they can do it. I think maybe it's not the best game for Zeke ever. But I, I think that Dak Prescott's going to eat and really, really boost that MVP candidacy here. I do think the Vikings will score a lot of points. I think that it's going to be a close game through. Just one and a half points. If you're giving me anything that a field goal will cover, I'm going to take the Cowboys in this one. Just because I love the offensive matchup for them. So locking up the Cowboys, taking the over as well. Almost locked that up. 55 points. It is the highest over-under of the week by a decent margin. But I'm going to take it. I think both these offenses are going to score a lot of points. I think it's going to be a high-flying game, heavy passing. I'm really looking forward to it, man. I think that's going to be a treat to watch. What about you? Yeah, so I agree with you on that front. I definitely like the Cowboys in this matchup. And I do like Minnesota. I still think the Vikings can squeak into that seventh seed. Um, Yeah, I look at this Cowboys – Offense and Cedric Wilson is another guy. Boise State, he has made a He's real impact. Good. He has, and he has made Michael Gallup definitely expendable. I think there's about as negative chance he's back with Dallas next year. I would even look to flip him at the deadline, but I don't think Dallas would do that. Um, I agree with you, probably not the best game for Zeke, but in terms of Dak airing it out against a secondary where you know, Harrison Smith still looks good, but former Cowboy Xavier Woods has not looked good. Plus, Bishop Breland and Patrick Peterson. Cam Dantzler kind of falling out of favor. Not been a good secondary. Yeah, there were some COVID issues with Dantzler, uh, was what that yeah. ended up being. Oh, uh, well, that's... So, I think he is actually back as far as I'm aware, but... Yeah, I know his snaps have been dwindling. I didn't know about that. But regardless, the secondary has not been playing to its potential. I think it's going to be a big Dak game. I'll take the Cowboys here over under. I'm going to take the under 55 just feels a little, little too high. Um, I don't feel great about it, but at the end of the day, two teams probably going to be passing a lot. I can see the Cowboys getting out to a big lead and then Kirk Cousins, you know, airing it out. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, guys like that. KJ Osborne, another emerging young wide receiver. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll take the under here. Disagree with you there, but like I said, I don't feel great about it. It's last a high, game, it's a high number. Yeah, last game of the week, we have my New York Giants heading to Kansas City to take on a floundering Chiefs team. Now you know the Giants' season's going bad when they're coming off a three-possession victory, and they're taking on a team that is three and four with probably the worst defense in the league, and they're still. Plus 10. The Chiefs are favored by 10. This feels a lot like that Cardinals game last year when the Giants were bad. Then I believe they got to like 5-7. and seven, And this game could have gotten them in the playoff hunt. And they took on Arizona, a team that was floundering. And Arizona just beat them. And they just reminded us that despite like another team's problems, the Giants aren't a very good football team. And that's exactly how I feel today. 
I don't think this game is going to be competitive, unfortunately. Uh, Daniel Jones looks improved. I think he'll have an okay game against the dead Chiefs defense. But this is like just a complete dream opponent for Patrick Mahomes. Like if they cannot, what's it called? If they cannot take care of this Giants defense that's been floundering all year, then Kansas City has some major, major problems. So I'm going to take the Chiefs here. 52 and a half. I'm going to take the over. I think both teams are going to be airing it out. I think we could see. I think this could be the highest scoring game of the week, to be completely honest, in my opinion. I didn't feel – I didn't lock it up. I just like that under in the Lions-Eagles game more. But definitely think this could be the highest scoring game. Should be getting uh, Sterling Shepard back, which would be good. I think we're about a week away from Saquon. But points will be put up. I just feel like a lot more will be in Kansas City. Is Tony looking like he's going to be back? I know he's uh, questionable, but that's better than doubtful. Um. Yeah, I think I think if he did, he'd be playing limited. But I wouldn't be surprised if they held him out one more week. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you on a lot of the takes here. I ten felt like a lot for me in this game, even at home for the Chiefs. Uh, I do think this is a game where the Chiefs are going to be eager to be like, hey, like we need to blow a team out to prove we are who we you know we say we are, sort of a thing here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes got a little banged up late in the game. Looked like it could have been a concussion, went into the tent. Didn't end up being that. Still listed on the injury report, though. So that's going to be something to monitor. That being said, I just think, you know, even last year when their defense looked phenomenal, the Giants didn't have great pieces to match up with the Chiefs' two real skill players, the Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. I don't see how they're going to change that this year. Uh, I think – Maybe if they can get a ton of pressure on maybe a hobbled Patrick Mahomes, that's that's the key to it. I just I don't know. I do think Daniel Jones, one of the best wide receivers. Rookie of the year, Ojulari. Rookie of the year. Some respect. Yes. And uh, you know He honestly might be defensive rookie of the year. I'm not even saying that. He has six and a half he, sacks already. He could be he's looked really good playing that role. He they, was they definitely, amazing last week. Yeah, and what was it? Was it a knee issue, like a degenerative knee issue or something that they, he was red flagged for early on? I forgot what it was. It was something like rough along yeah, those lines. Yeah, it was lines. something like that. Just like some, yeah, like his knee is not J-A-J-I-E level, but yeah, there's there's some concern there. But you know what? I'll take it. We need, we yeah. need good pressure. Has it shown up? He had a great week last week for sure. Uh, Daniel Jones, you know, perhaps best wide receiver in the NFL, but <laughs> – I think up receiving grade last week. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Obviously, if you've listened to any of these betting lines, you know I'm a huge Daniel Jones fan. So I'm loving to see all that. I'm going to eat all that up. If you gave me a healthy Saquon, a healthy offensive line, and a healthy Kadarius Tony, I, I think I might pick the Giants to win this one, or at least to cover for sure. They're not there. I can't do it. I think the Chiefs re- rebound pretty well in this one. I'm with you. This has a chance to be one of the highest scoring games of the week. I think Daniel Jones is going to look good. Chris Jones moved backed up in the middle. I could see a couple rough turnover plays for Daniel Jones if he gets hit on the right moment up the middle. Doesn't see it coming. But I think points are going to be scored overall. I usually like to bet the over with the Chiefs. Going to keep doing it here. We are in lockstep, as you pointed out earlier. I do love to say that is one of my go-to words for this. <laughs> This is gonna be a fun you know week, man. You know what else is uh one of your words? You're like, what? you're like, I get it. Like, if we disagree, you're like, I get it, I get it, but I you get know, it. I try to give you a little credit, no matter how wrong you are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I think this is uh, it's gonna be a fun week. 
It's uh, definitely a better uh, slate than last week was, I feel like, especially on the second half of the game. So I'm excited for it, man. I, I think uh, there's going to be a lot of really important games here that are going to have some long-lasting implications for the rest of the year. So looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to see how the betting lines uh, wind up end of year, man. I think going halfway through the year, I, I, was, I, I felt pretty confident in myself uh, taking it home. The first few weeks, and it's uh, it started to swing a little bit close to your favor. So it's going to be fun. As always, fun talking to you, Zach. Looking forward to the game tonight. Anything you want to say before we go? Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you guys listening. You know, love doing the betting lines every week. I'll say it every week because I know I do. Um, appreciate all the feedback we got with our uh, cornerback podcast with Kellen. You know, that was probably our, you know, I would have to guess our most listened to one. Uh, appreciate it. I felt we felt that was the best podcast we've done. It was great talking to Kellen. Definitely going to have have him back on soon. And yeah, we're definitely going to keep doing these prospect positional deep dives, getting ready for the draft. And as the season goes on, we're going to be cooking up some new ideas to talk to you guys about. So any suggestions? Leave a five star review. Leave a comment. Reach out to us on Twitter. You can find Alex at Juicy Jensen or at Juicy underscore Jensen. You can find me at NFL underscore Deets. That is D as in David. Basically diet with his Z at the end. So, uh, yeah. Thanks, Alex. Great uh, great show you did today, buddy. Thanks, pal. Also, don't forget to leave a five-star review and check out Juicy Deets NFL on Twitter as well. Appreciate you guys. Looking forward to this week's slate and looking forward to coming back to you next Monday or Tuesday. Mia, and I'm all yours. Not for the money and it's not for the applause. Uh, no. Uh, it's for the noise plate section. <laughs> <laughs>